welcome to this Sunday morning worship. Appreciate you uh, being here as we come together to uh, express our worship, learn from each other and from the spirit as we're being taught. A few uh, announcements. I don't know, Luke and Joanne are somewhere. Uh, they're on, they took a week's vacation, so I've seen them around a little bit but uh, during the week, but they um, are enjoying some um, spring rest, I think. Although Luke had a lot of projects this week, I think, around the new house. So that was probably good, too. Um, there's some information about a financial stewardship weekend that's coming up. So uh, look that over. There are going to be some options for, that's two weeks from today. Um, there are going to be some options for the uh, uh, Sunday school time. So we'll have uh, a couple of different things there. Um, and we'll give you some more information about where those are going to be at, um, um, where we're going to hold those, those classes or those study opportunities. So whether you come to Sunday school or not, uh, right now, join us for those uh, for one of those options if you'd like. Um, there's going to be a sign-up for um, the for the luncheon in the afternoon. We'll do that next Sunday. Let Luke kind of take care of that, and so um, it'll be a good time with uh, John and Garvey. Um, also, the weekend uh, there's uh, put that on the calendar. The weekend uh, camp weekend. You're not required to go camping, but you can. I think there's going to be that opportunity, so there'll be more information about that. That's going to include baptism uh, also on Sunday, so uh, save the date there. Also save the date for uh, Vacation Bible School. Um, there are some cards in the back, I think, um, save the date cards that you can share with friends and neighbors. We're pleased to have Heidi share with us today. Good to have you here again, and uh, that'll be great. Uh, Luke's gonna, Pastor Luke's going to be back on his vacation from the vacation on Monday. Um, the there's some uh, summer devotional inform, uh, information back on the uh, on the on the back rack too. So, um, and have I missed something? Any announcement that's really, really important that everybody ought to know about? Not uh, we'll turn it over to worship team. John, Christ is a visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. That's out of Colossians. And, you know, he holds me together, too. It's not just creation. He holds, I am his creation, but he holds me together personally. He holds you guys together personally. And a lot of it comes from my own su surrender to him. Like, yes, God, I want your authority over my life. And so um, as we do that, he is with us. He doesn't leave us. 
He gives us strength. He gives us help. And I just want you guys to um, proclaim these truths today as we sing these songs about God's sovereignty and his power, that he is over all and he is through all, and that he holds us together as well. So please stand as we sing together.
when he shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. Christ to seek your face and long for you. You are my hiding place, my safe refuge, and I find my hope in you. Your peace, it carries me through. Grace deeper than the sea, conquered the grave. You gave it all for me. Your love displayed. There is power in your name. I give
For our prayer time, I will start um, in leading some, with some prayer. And then I'm going to mention some prayer themes, and I'm going to give some silent time for you to uh, meditate on that theme. Express your own prayers at that time. And you can even say them out loud, I guess. Um, but <laughs> um, silently is okay, too. At the end, I'm going to lead um, in the Lord's Prayer. So, and you can join there if you'd like. Dear God, we continue with our worship for you. You are the creator and source of us and all that is. We stand in awe of a God that knows no limits. You are beyond our words, and we struggle to express um, our understanding and our appreciation of you. We thank you for your love. 
the earth that you created continues to bless us and provide sustenance. Beyond all, your son Jesus showed us your love by ransoming us from the hell that we create for ourselves and for others. You keep speaking to us through your spirit and the revelation of scripture, the words of our brothers and sisters, the beauty of art, literature, science. We thank you for not leaving us alone. In light of all that you are and do, we come with our confessions, sins of commission, omission, and indifference. Despite our humanity, you have called us to be your people, working on the mission, your mission in the world, to be, to be you, to be your presence in the world. What is our purpose? What have you called us to? come to you with our petitions for our church. Thank you for our pastor. We pray for him, for the vision that he is, um, has for us in this community and the communities around us. We pray for the teachers and students as, as the summer break is beginning. We give, ask for rest and, and refreshment uh, for them. For uh, students to retain the knowledge and for a safe summer and the summer activities that are coming up. We pray for our missionaries and uh, other work, full-time workers, Jason and Nicole, Kenton and Kedron, Paul and Sarah. We thank you for the, the, the housing that you provided them in Paris over this last few weeks. We think of other needs. Um, some are man-made and some are um, acts of nature. The, the tragedy in, in Nepal and, and um, Ukraine and closer to home, um, DeWitt, Nebraska. We also have personal needs that we want to come to you with. Hear our prayers. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. strength and sorrow There is beauty in our tears And you meet us in a morning With the love that cast out fear You are working in a Thank you. 
Thank you, worship team. That was beautiful. I thought I could just sit there and just kind of let those words and promises sink in. So that was really good. Um, yeah, it's a privilege and honor to be um, up here again. I, I don't know. I've, I've been up here a few times, and, and I guess we're just going to keep going with it. So Luke, Luke asked if I would come and um, share with you all this, this Sunday. And at first I was like, oh, Luke, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. He's like, oh, you got this. I don't have any, any doubt that you can do this. I'm like, okay, so um, here we go. Um, so it's been really fun for me um, this week to, um, yeah, just listen um, to what God, I guess, wants me to share um, with you all today. And it's changed a few times, but in the end, I'm like, yeah, I think this is where we're supposed to go. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of what I'm going to share with you today is just kind of what um, my role um, is now at Grace. Um, and, um, yeah, what I'm kind of doing and, um, some of the ways that even you as a church can continue to be involved with, with what we're about. Um, so I guess my, my role that I, that I'm playing is I wear a few hats, I guess, um, at Grace. Um, I do several things. I guess my, uh, title is administrative assistant, which, you know, that can mean a variety of things. And, um, so I've been having fun going on, on trips with Amelia, and that's just been a, a joy for me, um, to go to different churches that support Grace and share with them about, um, yeah, what God's doing here in the lives of our kids and our staff and, um, ways for them to be involved. Um, we have several churches that come and do retreats with the kids, and it's just a really fun opportunity for, for me to get up there and share, um, uh, yeah, the ministry that we have going on there. Other things that I do is, um, with the summer coming up, we're going to have interns. So you might see some um, new staff around. We've got two interns coming. Um, they're, uh, one just graduated from York College and another one um, is at uh, Concordia University. And so they're going to be coming and, and um, hanging out with the kids and the staff and bringing energy. And so that's fun for me um, because they'll be living with me in the basement. So it'll be fun um, to have some new faces there and, and just pour into them in, in ways that I can support them and prepare them for who knows what God has for them down the way. Um, and then, yeah, just encouraging the staff. That's something that I enjoy doing is meeting with them, doing devotionals, um, checking in with the kids. I love hanging out with the kids whenever I can um, and getting to know them and, and uh, doing fun activities with them. So uh, that's a little bit of what I do and, and also writing some things up in the messenger. So we'll be having one come out here at the end of the month and, and have enjoyed helping Amelia um, out with that. And so those are, um, yeah, a little bit of the things that I do. Um, I have a lot of joy of meeting with people, hanging out with kids. I, that gives me a lot of life, um, and energy whenever I can, um, just get to know people and, and hear where they're at. Um, so our summer program is fast approaching. And so, um, I've been meeting with Becca. Becca Page is going to be our summer activities director this year. And so we've been busy planning um, activities and games and work projects. I think it's still stuff in the works, but it's going to be a good summer and looking forward to see the way that, that God's going to work in the lives of our staff and our kids this year. So yeah, we're, we're getting really busy for that. So please keep us in your prayers as we will need lots of energy and strength. Um, but it's, it's a great time to connect um, with people. And um, that's, that's where you guys can, can be involved. Um, I know lots of you have different gifts and, and abilities, and I would love to see you guys um, connect with our kids, um, with cooking. I mean, who doesn't like eating, right? And, and um, I mean, I do. I will come and learn, so I will be there. Um, but cooking or um, 
farming animals. Um, we've got lots of kids that love animals, and, and so please, if you have any way that you would love to be involved with what we're about, um, please come and talk with me, and, and we will find a place for you. Um, so like I said, a little bit of what I do is, is I travel um, around to different churches, and um, I've been going with Amelia, and she's been um, sharing the ropes, or showing me the ropes, and so um, uh, I didn't want to take all of the time today, and so I'm going to invite Amelia up here today, and she's going to share a little bit of, of how God brought her on this journey of, of um, group home care and some of her passions and kind of what she's doing now. So um, I've got some questions for her, so I'll get you a mic. So the first question is, explain to us your journey and how you got involved in group home care. Okay, first of all, I have to say that I think I'm going to put a damper on this process. <laughs> I talk a lot slower than Heidi does, but <laughs> I'm from Kansas and we talk slow there. <laughs> you just take all the time you want, that's okay. fine. <laughs> in, in 1973, as a college student um, in Portland, Oregon, I started to work in substitute house parent at a group of the boys that was uh, run by uh, Youth for Christ. And so I kind of got into the idea of, of group homes. And then when, after Chuck graduated from college, he worked at a group home called uh, Valley View in uh, Vancouver, Washington. And so I would hang out there when I could and just kind of observe what was going on. Then in 1975, we married and moved out here, and God called him to the Solar Center here through uh, a long series of events that's too convoluted. I won't go through it, but it's one of those God things. So I arrived here in June of 1975, and, and I was unemployed for about eight months, so I got to spend a lot of time just volunteering at the children's home and, and uh, just making friends with the other staff members and, and uh, the kids in the care back then. And uh, my own career was kind of convoluted, too. I started out as a case manager for, it was county welfare offices then, but basically health and human services. And I licensed foster homes. I also did some child welfare and child protective services and just kind of got a look at the whole picture of what was happening in, in that field. And uh, did that for um, close to three years and then went on as a state probation officer for seven years and worked, started in juvenile uh, probation and, and worked up. But in that process, I did learn a lot about what happens uh, that leads to out-of-home placement. I got to know a lot of group homes in Nebraska because I often worked in finding placements for kids and just kind of got a better understanding of, of that whole situation. After that, I transferred into drug and alcohol counseling and I developed a program over in the health center for um, adolescents and uh, chemical abuse with chemical abuse issues and got an idea of some of the things that, that uh, cause out-of-home placements again. So just kind of an all-around view of of what was happening. Then I spent a few years at home with, with my kids and then started back into uh, working with the children's home. And I initially started just part-time putting together the monthly publications. Then started uh, after uh, Reverend Simmons retired as a development director, I took over as a speaking one. 
like Martin said, and, and meeting people and all of those things. I do like to talk, even if I am slow. And <laughs> <laughs> I like to build relationships with people, so, so it's been fun to travel and, and do all those things. What are ways that you live out your joys and passions? Okay, well, we were talking about cooking. I like to cook, <laughs> and so um, one of the things I like about working with the children's home is that it's a little bit flexible. And in the summer, we do have this um, program because kids are new kids, and I think it's a really nice time to um, use most of the things you're going to get. So I've been known to give cooking lessons to the, to the kids either individually or in small groups if they're interested in that. And uh, I like to garden, so I've been known to uh, do some landscaping projects or work in the gardens with the kids. And it's really kind of fun because that uh, includes um, that other bit about building relationships. It's working one-on-one -on -one or in small groups with the kids. It's really a good chance to get to know them and, and build up those relationships. And uh, probably the most fun thing is uh, our outdoor trips and spending a day at the lake. And just It's one of those days that you can't describe unless you're a part of it. Just for a little bit, we all forget we're in a group home. We're not there because you necessarily want to be there. We just have a good time. We enjoy each other. We enjoy the things that we're doing. And there's something really very special about at the end of the day when the starts sun starts going down and the, the sun brightens up the lake and you're just standing there admiring God's beautiful creation. You just share that experience with each other. And that's probably the most special thing about my day. Good. That's great. And um, lastly, um, there's been some transitions happening. What are some of the things that you're doing now? Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> like she said, she's taking over um, the things I've been doing, the traveling and the speaking in the churches, so I'll probably be here more. And um, she's been working on the messenger, too, and we'll, we'll just see how those things transition. But um, Laura asked me last week if I would like to go to a, an all-day food safety class next week, I think. And so I'm going to learn how to cook safely, I guess. <laughs> And this will be something that we can uh, share with the, with the staff and, and uh, just, you know, one of those things that we're required to do. And I think we'll be spending more time in the cottages. And I know the back door at Leader Cottage, the rain used to be painted, and I keep looking at that and the rubber rain. Maybe this summer I'll get a chance to do that. <laughs> I think I'll be spending more time with the staff next summer, too. Great. Thank you, Amelia. So yeah, I thought that would just be helpful for all of us just to get to know just a little bit about some of the roles that we play. And um, since Amelia shared a little bit of her story, um, I was going to share a little bit of mine, of, of um, kind of the mile marker in my life of, of where I felt God calling me um, into this type of ministry. Um, so before I start, I'm just going to go ahead and, and lead us in prayer. Uh, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, and I thank you um, that uh, we are all here to worship you, and, and uh, just what a 
a great God you are, the promises that you give us each and every day. And um, Lord, I just pray that you would use me and use my words, that you would speak through me. Um, and uh, I just thank you um, for this wonderful church family that I get to be a part of and feel loved. Uh, so thank you for each one of them in your name. Amen. It was July 2002 when I met six-year-old Clara. She had big brown eyes and was full of life when I met her at, at an emergency shelter in Tulsa. I had no idea that as a sophomore in high school, God would use that little girl to speak clearly to me with what he created me to do in this world. That he would show me a part of his heart and how his heart breaks for kids who are hurting, and he has a role for all of us to play in a child's life. My youth group stood outside the emergency shelter listening to the director explain to us the kinds of kids we would be interacting with that day. Some of us would be playing with young kids and others would be holding babies in a nursery that were born addicted to crack cocaine. After explaining to us what we would be doing, she went on to say that we should pick one kid in particular that we would buddy up with for the day, get to know, and then commit to praying for them after we left. So in we went. And I was with a group who was told to go with the young kids and start the day off by doing crafts. Now, those of you who have ever been a part of doing crafts with kids know that chaos inevitably follows. Craft supplies are flying all around, and it seems like all the craft activities involve glitter and glue, which of course gets on everything. It seems like all of the kids have also miraculously grown two more pairs of hands because all you see are busy hands everywhere grabbing at whatever is on the table. You get the picture, and that's exactly what was happening that day. I specifically remember the lesson being about butterflies, and as soon as we passed out the supplies, chaos began. Hands were all over the place, and tears could be heard. I looked over and noticed a little squabble at one of the tables between a little boy and girl and went there to see what was happening. The little girl explained to me that the boy had taken her butterfly. I sat down next to her, and we worked out the problem, and she plopped herself right on my lap and began to work on her butterfly. That's where I met Clara. Clara wasn't shy at all and began sharing with me how her mom was in prison, so that's why she ended up in the shelter with her younger brother, Hunter. We did all sorts of things that day, and Clara never left my side. When it came time for our group to leave, I asked Clara if I could pray with her. She got really excited and said that she liked to read Bible stories with her grandma and prayed to God every night. We began our prayer together, and I was amazed at the prayer she prayed. She knew that God loved her and talked to him like you would a friend. I told her goodbye, knowing I wouldn't see her again, but knew that I would be forever changed because of her. Our group met up and shared our experiences from the day, and I just remember being so overwhelmed, even to the point of tears, by the impact that this little girl had made on me. And I knew that without a shadow of a doubt, this kind of work was the work that God was calling me to be a part of. I committed to praying for Clara and her little brother, even though I wasn't going to be seeing her ever again. I knew God heard those prayers for Clara, not just that day. Oh, sorry, I got all my papers all mixed up here. But as the years committed, to, um, but as the years went on, I committed to praying for her and her little brother. Not until heaven will I ever know the outcome of those prayers or how they were answered, as well as the influence that her grandma had on her by reading Bible stories and talking to her about Jesus. She's an adult now, and I pray that wherever she is, she is thriving and living a life with, with God in the center, and that she's been able to see that he has never abandoned her and has always been by her side. 
Maybe there are those of you today that after hearing this story can think back on your own lives of a a specific circumstance or event where you knew in your heart that God was inviting you to be a part of something big. So what did you do about it? Did you ignore it? Did you ignore the tug on your heart, pretending it was nothing? Or did you commit to doing something about it? You know what it was, and you know if you've been obedient to following through. Um, I've really enjoyed um, praying throughout this week about what God wanted me to share, and, and I guess my, my prayer is that um, each one of us would know our role in the life of this church and in the life of, of our community and the lives of our, um, of our children, and um, that if we haven't been obedient, that we would start, that we would start asking God, what is it that you want us to be a part of? Um, how do you want us to live each day with purpose? And, um, and realize that each one of us plays a significant role in um, shaping the lives of a child. And um, it was kind of cool because Charlene was telling me that today in one of the Sunday school classes, you guys talked about gifts. And I was like, how fitting is that? Um, I think that's really great. Um, So if you're a parent, you're constantly pouring into the lives of your children 24-7. And you are praying that the values you are instilling in your children and teaching them are sticking so that they can go on to make the right decisions and make a difference in their world. And most of all, you pray that one day they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Some of you are teachers, coaches, Sunday school teachers, Wednesday night teachers, grandparents, and are people committed to praying for the people in this church and community, who I also believe play a very um, specific role in the lives of our youth. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard the story of It Takes a Village to Raise a Child, but um, as I was putting this together, um, it was a story that that I wanted to share with you just about all of the uh, the the roles that we all play in the lives of a child. So here it is. Based on the African proverb of the same name, this endearing story takes readers to a market day in West Africa, where a young girl named Yemi is entrusted to watch her her little brother, Koku, while their mother is busy selling mangoes. Yemi is sure she is old enough to handle such a responsibility. And as soon as their mother sets out her mat with the other vendors, Yemi wanders off with Koku. But the minute she turns her back, Koku disappears. Yimi looks for them every, looks for him everywhere. She doesn't know that as she wanders the market stalls looking for him, her brother eats rice with a woman selling food, he keeps company with a potter, he even naps on a mat under the watchful eye of a mat vendor. When she finally finds Koku, Yimi discovers just how many of the villagers have taken care of her brother, even when she was not there to look after him. As she returns to thank each person who fed Koku or kept him company, she realizes the truth of her mother's words, that it does indeed take a village to raise a child. Um, There's also a a song that goes um, for this story, um, but I'm just going to read to you um, the lyrics, and it goes, It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a vision to lift our eyes. It takes a brave heart to show the way. You are the village to you, we say. Lead us. Oh, lead us. Lead us to the path that takes us home. Give us, oh, give us something to inspire our souls. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a thousand hands lifted up high. It takes a strong faith to watch and pray. You are the village to you, we say. See us, oh, see us. See us as we truly are. Stay close, never leave us. Shadows circle around us every side. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a vision to lift our eyes. It takes a brave, brave heart to show the way. You are the village, to you we pray. You are the village, please lead the way. 
Um, and so I was just thinking about that of, of just like this is kind of like our village here and that um, each one of us have, have important things that um, we can give and uh, share with those around us. So I just wanted to read um, Romans 12, 4 through 13. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership, Uh, leadership ability take the responsibility seriously and if you have a gift for showing kindness to others do it gladly don't just pretend to love others really love them hate what is wrong hold tightly to what is good love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other never be lazy but work hard and serve the lord enthusiastically rejoice in the confident hope be patient in trouble and keep on praying When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So how are we living out our our God-given gifts? Are you going to keep them to yourself for your benefit? Are you going to share those gifts with others and point them them to to him? The more I work with young children and youth, the more I see the urgency on our part to be the ones speaking God's truth into their lives. If we don't, who will? There are all sorts of messages out there that our kids are taking in, and if we aren't there to point them to the correct path and how God desires them to live, there will be others waiting on board to take them down another path. What we pass on to our children and youth is huge, and it can either set them up to succeed, grow, and flourish, or it can do the opposite. Praying for our youth has so much power, and I believe that a lot of who I am today is because I've had many family members, grandparents, Sunday school teachers and mentors praying over you, over me. And actually, many of you right here have been ones that have um, prayed for me when I was um, a little girl. And um, I know that um, because of those prayers, like I am who I am because um, God heard those prayers and the examples that, that I had to, to look at. Um, a great example we have of this in the Bible is 2 Timothy 1.5. And this is Paul talking. And... Um, He's, he's talking about Timothy, who he's kind of adopted as his um, son, and um, he's really just pouring words of affirmation into him. And this is what he says. He says, I remember your genuine faith for you. Share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that the same faith continues strong in you. Um, Timothy was known to be a man of faith. And the reason was is because he saw it modeled to him through his grandmother and through his mother. And that was passed down to him, and then he in turn lived that out. And I believe that he had other people that um, were influenced because of the faith that he um, lived out. So I had to think about my own life. Um, I had to think, what have my parents and my grandparents passed down to me that I'm living out now? 
Um, I never knew my, my Grandpa Schmidt, but um, I really wish I did because he passed away before I was born. And, and I remember hearing um, lots of stories about the type of man that he was, that he was a man of good character, that um, he was reserved and quiet. And then I had to think, man, that maybe didn't get passed down to me. I must have got that from the other side of the family. <laughs> so, um, but he was a good businessman, and he, and he was honorable in, in his business dealings, and um, that got passed down um, to my dad because I feel like that that was something that I saw um, lived out in, in my own dad. And um, my dad says, too, that he never saw his, his father speak bad about um, an individual, um, even if there were men that, that didn't treat him right or um, did business with him unfairly, that he was always a man um, of character and, and um, lived out forgiveness and extending um, peace to them. And, and I thought about that in, in um, my own life as I saw that modeled from my father. I remember a specific example of just that. Um, I was 12 years old, and uh, the, the church we were at in Oklahoma had just gone through a split. Um, the old pastor that my dad came to replace, um, he actually had moved away, and he came back, and about 10 families left um, to go be a part of starting this new church. And with that, there was a family that I had become really close to, and their daughter um, was like one of my best friends. And so they left, and it was, you know, just a really, really hard time. And I just remember being really bitter and angry at why that would happen. And, um, yeah, I just, just dealt with that a lot. But I remember we, we went out to eat one Sunday, and um, this couple had walked in, and they went to sit down. And I just remember thinking, oh, my word, like, there they are, and how dare they, and and um, my dad, I watched my dad, and he actually goes up to them and starts talking with them. And um, I don't know exactly what they all talked about, but I, he came back to the table, and I said, Dad, what did you, why did you do that? Um, like, how could you do that? And he's just like, you know, like, I just figured that we're probably going to be seeing each other in the community from time to time. And I just wanted him to know that I don't have any hard feelings towards him with what happened. And, um, yeah, it just really displayed a lot to me at a young age of just seeing my dad take the high road and, um, man, just, uh, like, extending forgiveness and peace. And it's true, like, not too much longer, like, uh, after that, they ended up doing a funeral together um, for an individual. And so it just, it showed me a lot of just, um, yeah, the amazing things that have been passed on and um, made me realize, like, what am, what am I passing on? Um, and I hope that I can pass that on um, to my kids or the people around me. Um, so as I read this passage and thought of, of examples in my own life, um, I had to think about a baton um, in a relay race. Um, whenever I think of spring or whenever spring comes around, it's not like, oh, yeah, the flowers and the grass. I always think, ah, track season. Like, that's what comes to mind is track season. And, and um, like, smelling like the fresh cut grass and, like, the rain, I'm like, that's track season. And um, I, I always enjoyed the relays the most because um, relays are a team sport, um, whereas um, the other events are all individual sports. And relays are just like a really, really exciting thing to be a part of. Um, like the whole crowd gets involved and everyone's cheering and, and they're all hoping that the, the person with the baton is going to get it to the next person um, on their team and that it's going to make its way all the way around the track and that eventually that per, that team that they're cheering for is going to be the team that wins. And so it's just, you know, it's an exciting time. There's nerves. And, um, man, I just kind of had to think about that. Um, and, it, of course, you don't want it to drop because if it drops, then it doesn't, like, your team is disqualified and you're done. Um, 
And so I, I don't know if, um, if any of you were at the district track meet, but that was a kind of a heartbreaker seeing that four by one men's relay team drop it. You know, Tyler Brown's out and he's the first leg and he goes to pass it off to Keyshawn. And it was just like, he just kept leaning and leaning and it just never made it into his hand. And it's just like the whole crowd is just like, ah, like devastated because like these were seniors and this was like their, their last chance to make it to state. And it was just, yeah, it was just heartbreaking to see that. Um, yeah, they didn't, they didn't make it. They fell short. Um, and um, then it made me think, I did have a, a video clip that I was going to show you, but the internet's not working. Go figure that that stuff always happens on a Sunday, right? Um, but it's, it's this relay um, of the 1988 women's 4 by one relay team. And it was a really sweet video because they were wearing these awesome 80s track uniforms. So I really wish that y'all could have seen that. So you have to go home and, and watch it online. But um, it's some of the best um, athletes around. And... Um, they uh, start off, and, and they just had some really sweet, like, handoffs in, in the relay. I've watched it several times, and I still get, like, excited, like, seeing it, even though I know, I know the outcome. But they just had some really smooth handoffs, and, and they won. The, like, that time it was the Soviets that they were trying to beat, and they did. And, like, the, you know, the, the announcers, like, screaming, and, like, you just, you just get really excited just watching it. Um, and I was just like, man, thinking of that excitement— of, of watching this team cross the finish line with the win. They even broke a, a world record. I was like, wow, like, I hope that um, the things that have been passed down to me and the things that I've been entrusted to pass on, I hope that I get just as excited um, about the things that God's given me, the gifts, the abilities. I hope that I get just as excited um, that I have this responsibility to pass on um, things to to people around me, um, for you guys, for your kids, for your grandchildren, that you each have a responsibility and you're passing something down to them. And you might not even realize what it is, or you might not even realize that, that they're watching you, but they are. And it's just an exciting thing um, to know that, that God's given you that responsibility. Um, and so um, pass what God has given you onto others. Um, know what your role is. And if you don't know, ask God. And I pray that um, he would show you what it is and go through this life with enthusiasm and joy um, as you pass on what God has given you to the next generation. So um, thank you, and I'll go ahead and close us in prayer. Jesus, I thank you for the examples that you've given us in, in your word of um, different individuals who have passed on um, things like faith. Um, and uh, I pray that you would show each one of us what it is that we're passing on to those around us. Um, and I thank you that you've given each one of us gifts um, and abilities to share with those around us. And I pray that we would use them, that we would uh, use them enthusiastically um, to give you glory, um, that we'd be an encouragement to those around us. Um, I thank you for this church, and I thank you for the community that it is um, of believers who uh, want to glorify you, who want to build one another up. And I pray that, uh, yeah, we would be a light um, to those around us, that we would look different um, than the world. And uh, again, I just thank you um, for your goodness. I thank you for your faithfulness that um, goes with us and that you never leave us and you never forsake us. In your name, amen. Thank you, Heidi. Let's stand and just take this as our response um, that we say, yes, Lord, whatever it is you want, we surrender to you. We lay our lives down before you. Use us as you will. With this heart open wide from the depths, from 
take your cross and follow him.